genre. Hey, what's that, April? Some kind of weird Japanese antique egg timer. Cappuccino? That makes me hyper. It seems the scepter has magic powers. Hold on, dudes. If April's back in feudal Japan, does that mean we, like, have to ride that scepter back through time to get her? It's equal mass displacement. Step back, dudes. I just brought us some heavy artillery. Hey, Casey. <laughs> Welcome back. T-minus two minutes and counting. Let's go, my dude. Okay, the inscription says open wide the gates of time. Work. All right, already. Let's go. Go with cow. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the podcast where we are coming at you with the 1993 live-action Turtles sequel, Ninja Turtles 3 Revenge of the Sith, three minutes at a time, three times a week. That's right. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute 3 by 3 by 3 by 3 by 3. <laughs> I'm Scott Tofty. With me, as always, is uh, our fellow turtle compatriots, Adam Sheehan. Hello. And Rachel Gatlin. Hi. And the inimitable Chris O'Connor. <laughs> yes. So we are here. We are in minute nine of Teenage... Sorry, seven, eight, and nine. Oh, this is so difficult to remember yeah. how many minutes we're doing. It's not that hard. You can do it. But you I have this it. robotic... I have this thing built in where I have... There's like a template in my brain of what I have to say every time because I've done this for a hundred and billion other movie minutes now. <laughs> and now I'm changing the whole thing. It's, it's hard, Chris. It's very difficult. But anyway, we're here on minutes seven, eight, and nine of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. It's our third day... We're still here. We're still alive. How's everybody feeling? Pretty good. All right. We got good. hit with a pretty nice snowstorm a couple days ago. Yes. That's always me my, fun. Me and my family just got our flu shots. You know? Oh, that's good. Good. So my, job. That's good. So my arm feels like it's been hit by a bat, but that's okay. Like yeah. you just like you just farted and didn't make it to the doorknob quick enough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was always a fun game. Because it's 1993 here at Turtle we, Yeah, Minute. We've talked about safety yeah. doorknob on this show before, haven't we? Have we? Talk we? About, I feel like we have. What? Did we call I feel it like that? I, I feel like I've had this conversation with Chris. That, to some I don't degree. know about that. I, I don't know I, if it would spin punch, on I th- maybe we Maybe we talked about punch buggies? I don't know. I don't know. We just really wanted to punch Chris. <laughs> Everybody um, wants like to punch him. Everybody hates Chris. Uh, that's a good name for a show. Someone should do that. Anyway, um, we, ah! we love you, Chris. We really do. Uh, so like I said, we're here, Turtles 3, and we're talking 7, 8, and 9. Minute 7 starts with Leonardo getting a fancy new book from Ooh. April O'Neil, Miss Paige Turco. And uh, it ends with an angry samurai Japanese teenage hissy fit of yep. sorts. Temper tantrum. Yeah, a little, like you do. A little temper tantrum. That was a fun uh, combination of words, Scott. I, it's what I try to do, man. I try to put words together in ways that you might not normally hear them. It keeps I people hear- interested. I quite enjoyed that. I hope. You're a, you're a regular word crafter. I am a person <laughs> who uses lots of different words together in interesting ways. There's probably a synonym for that somewhere. Um, but let's talk about it, shall we? So we're, let's get into minute seven here and we'll work our way through to nine. Leonardo's getting his gift and his gift is, Chris. Ooh, Japanese swords. <laughs> a fancy book of Japanese swords. How many different Japanese swords are there, Chris? 
There's a lot. There's a lot. You know, you go back. Should far we play? And, should we play? How many Japanese sort of swords in, can hmm, Chris what? name in like 30 seconds? Would that be a fun game to play? How many in it? No, I wouldn't because I don't. I don't have that many names no. for them. I mean, but, there's at but, least three. I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, t- yeah. tell us about it, Chris. Tell you all about it. Um, I mean, katana is the one that everybody knows. That's the main sword. Uh, that's the sort of sword that of all that's the one that we were talking about a couple episodes about in the, in the Edo period. That's the the samurai's six shooter status symbol. That's what you got to have. Uh, and then the one that goes along with that is the wakazashi, the short sword. Uh, the, the the one that's eh, it's like. You know, two feet long, a uh, foot and a half, two feet. It's like a, it's a big knife. Um, we won't, co- we won't count the Tanto. That's a knife, uh, but it's a, it's the same kind of blade design, just, you know, much shorter. Okay. Um, and then let's see, uh, Dai Katanas are just big Katanas. There's, um, oh, there's great big sort of great sword style Katanas where the handle itself is like two feet and the blade is like four feet long. Like, you know, the swords that are, are considerably taller than the men that use them. Um, there, there are a number of those. Like if you, if you go back, um, further, there's more straight sword designs. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of character in them. You know, they're often displayed without the handles, without the wraps, you know, all the makers have their, their really cool little, uh, maker marks like stamped into the, uh, into the tang. Those are always nice to see. Uh, you know, if you take care of them, some of them that are hundreds of years old are still in great shape and could still cut you to pieces. Uh, and, uh, I think I had like a big coffee table book like that, um, a long time ago. Uh, I, I bet like at a New York flea market, that one's probably, uh, it might've been something that came out of like, uh, is it the Met that has like a big collection of arms and armor? Uh, yeah. the, the, yeah, the Metropolitan yeah. Museum does definitely. Yeah. I think they have a big collection of samurai, uh, armor and, and Japanese weapons. Uh, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if that book was like something produced by the Met. All right. So there we go. There's what Leonardo got. And then I enjoy this thing where you know, Donatello has to stuff his whole face into the bag to see what he got. It's such a very cartoon move, Adam. It's it's kind of perfect. Yeah. Um, have you ever tried to do that? Have you ever tried to look at a thing by sticking your face all the way in it? Mm. You can't see anything. It's dark in there. You block out all the light. <laughs> I mean, I've small children do it all the time. Yeah, I've seen a dog do it, like stick his whole head in the food bag. Cats love that. Right. <laughs> yeah, or if you, if you just make a circle with your hand and the cat just kind of goes boop and pops his face through, yeah. right? Yeah. And then Michelangelo, Rachel, gets a, a lampshade. Lamp <laughs> Why? What? There's a whole lamp, right? It's not just the shade. Yeah, he, he pulls a lamp out of okay. him later. Did okay. he? I missed it. I've never seen the lamp. It's like they're they're all there and like, you know, looking at their things. I don't and like think I ever saw him take out the lamp. Wait a minute. Now I'm angry. I have to flip. Oh, he does take out the lamp. Ooh. First Maybe. time. Shocking. First Maybe time I've ever seen April it. April got it for him because it was fun colors. She's like, I, this reminds me of Michelangelo. There, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of thought behind no. some of these gifts. Like aside from <laughs> Donnie and, and Leo's gift. Yeah, and then she's just sort of like, crap, I need something for Mikey and also Raph. Did she get something for Raph? I forget. Yeah, the oh, hat. The, the oh, the hat. hat. That's yeah, right. Yeah. The smooth criminal. Nifty so, lid. So the joke but, is um, she just forgot about Mikey. I think I think Donnie gets the best one, a super hydro, super heterodyne he- radio with yeah. triotubes. Yes. Triode. Do you, do you know what a super heterodyne radio is? 
I have a Wikipedia article. Oh, why don't you read it? (laughs) Because I have it also. Super heterodyne receiver, often shortened to superhet, is a type of radio receiver that uses frequency mixing to convert a received signal to a fixed intermediate frequency, or IF, which can be more conveniently processed than uh, I could... uh, The original carrier frequency. I don't know what any of this means. Superhet sounds like a really fun hashtag on Tumblr. Sounds like a ska band. Guys, come check out my band Superhet. We're playing next Tuesday. <laughs> so yeah, he gets a fun old analog radio, which I have one of. I don't know if it's super heterodyne, but it's a fun old analog radio that's not plugged in and just sits on top of a bookshelf because it looks cool. Mm. Um, I do enjoy that we get a little bit of a callback to Michelangelo's personality from the first movie in, in that he does uh, an impression. In the, the first minute here, he does a pretty awful Elvis Presley impression. Oh. <laughs> which but that's, that's one of those things elvis impersonations even bad ones you know it's elvis yeah, yeah. right it's like it, it's like doing george bush senior you're just really doing dana carvey or or jerry yeah. seinfeld like a bad yeah. jerry seinfeld impression like it's still a what's halfway the deal decent. with yeah. everyone does the same one <laughs> the, what, what's the, what's the deal with elvis impressions <laughs> the worst jerry seinfeld impression is still really funny yeah it's true that's very true <laughs> um so as we're working our way through this minute uh, is this the minute we get Kim Dawson's credit in here? It is. Yeah, we get written and directed by Stuart Gillard as we're looking at the scepter for the first time, which we don't know what that's going to do, but it's some sort of ancient, antique Japanese thing. Adam, you had an interesting take on this, didn't you? Was yeah, I you? just like that how April doesn't know what it is. She doesn't even really, she thinks it's Japanese. She just saw it and went, well, for whatever reason, this is a good gift for Splinter. Right. Well, there's there's Japanese characters inscribed on it, isn't there, on the handle? We learned that later. I don't know if we yeah. learned that yet. Yeah. Um, and then we get another cool transition. This is something we didn't see in the first two Turtle movies a lot, was interesting cinematic transitions. We've already seen a couple of them here. April takes the scepter and blows dust on it, and it con- it, it just fades right into uh, Norinaga, Norinaga Castle back in 1603, right? Yeah. Yeah. And nor there it is. Look at I'm if I can see that I can read credits. Uh, as we move into minute seven here, uh, eight here. As we move into minute eight, there's this shot of the the doors opening and the camera kind of pans up to show the courtyard. And this shot always reminded me. Remember in Turtles one when there's the shot of like Shredder and Tatsu looking over the like the Foot Clan, not the 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 boy den, not the boy hole, but the, the, like the actual warehouse, right? Where the ninjas are. There's like this over the shoulder shot that kind of like looks at them down. Like, I don't know. It just, this reminds me of that shot so much. I wish I could find the screenshot and show you guys, but this is just a very similar kind of, uh, establishing shot. I guess you would call it. Speaking uh, of shredder and Tetsu, I'm a little bummed out that this, uh, this older samurai guy is not Toshishiro Obata. I was thinking that mm. that would be such a cool callback if it was just like, yeah, it would be. But but this guy's a, he's a more established actor. Yeah. Who is this actor? Do we know this actor's uh, name who played Lord Norinaga? He's, I, I've seen him in other stuff. I think he's like a token. Uh, Sab Shimono. He's been in lots and lots. Let me see if I can find his. Yeah, he's yeah. like a token a Japanese guy. He's a that guy. Like, yeah. you know, he's a, he's definitely a that guy. You've seen him in so many things. Let me see. What's his. It's yeah, Japanese actor. He's a voice actor. He was in oh musicals. Look at this. Began one hundred and twenty-two credits. He wow. was in Mame. You've seen this guy. <laughs> He's on Samurai Jack. 
Oh yeah, he's done a lot of voice Southland work. Tales. Look at that. Yeah, he's kind of. He did Jackie Chan Adventures. Oh man, he was the uh, uh, he was the uncle on Jackie Chan Adventures. Oh. oh. All right. Nice. All right. That's a good one. That's a good one. He did some voices on Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, he was the master sushi chef on The Simpsons. Mm. And get this, <laughs> he was awesome. in an episode of Mad Men. He was Mr. Murakami in the 2012 Ninja Turtles cartoon. Oh, oh look at that. I never knew that they brought him back in. I feel like an idiot about oh. that now. But that's and he was great. in Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, Master you. All right, so Sab Shimono, nice to meet you again. Uh, we get our four horsemen riding uh, this this kid, this angsty teenager, back into the courtyard. Kitchen and uh, Prince Kitchen. It's there's a lot going on there. Chris, is this uh, accurate for the time period? What a, a a Japanese castle courtyard might look like. Yeah, I mean, I I've, I visited a couple of Japanese castles. They're very, uh, you know, compared to European castles, they're I mean, they're uh, they're pretty nice. They're really well built. They're well constructed. They're very strong. Um, that's something that uh, European visitors of the time like noted. They're like, man, these things are these are good castles. Shit. It's the atmosphere is pretty nice there too, uh, Chris. Like it's uh, the, the 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 it's in the air. The the past. Sort of yes, the past is very misty. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> it's very foggy and cloudy in the past. Yep. Um, the sands of time. Talk about the the costumes a minute. Do you, is this pretty accurate too? I don't know anything about ancient uh, samurai. Anything? I mean, I'm I'm not sure about how accurate they are. I mean, like you know, they they have the right look. Uh, like I I haven't really dug into it too much. Like his uh, the the. Lord Norinaga's like his shoulder, his pauldrons, like they feel a little exaggerated. I'm not sure like how this is something I definitely need to dig into for future episodes because I feel like I haven't done my homework for this exam. Um, but I'd really <laughs> like to know like who, where they shot the Japanese part, where they shot the, the Japanese stuff and what studios they worked with, because I'm, I'm almost certain, you know, they got this, this wardrobe from other samurai movies. So, I mean, they've got, they've got golden harvest pockets. So yeah, yeah. that's true. There, there's like, a lot would, of, but would they have got, but would golden harvest have gone to a Japanese studio and worked? I mean, like it, did they work in Japan? with Japanese like studios making their armor and weapons or did they work out of Hong Kong and China and and like Southeast Asia and work off of stuff where they're mostly making uh, wuxia uh, Chinese film stuff mm. good question good we'll find that out eventually I'm sure my assignment I have it uh, yeah. we are introduced to our character that Stuart Wilson plays here that's a walker Texas Ooh, trotting in on horseback <laughs> walker <laughs> I hardly know her Oh. <laughs> Uh, you guys uh, recognize this guy? I did not. No. I did not. And then I looked him up and I was like, oh my goodness. He's in it's, everything. It's the bad guy from the Mask of Zorro. Yeah. It's Don Rafael Montero, right? Oh my God. That's, this guy's great. Another that's the bad thing. guy. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing that sort of surprised me the most. I just watched The Rock. I didn't realize he's in The Rock in an uncredited role. He's an enemy of the state. Uh, hot Fuzz, Grindhouse. <laughs> Wait, he's in Hot Fuzz. Yeah, I was gonna say I was getting a oh diehard vibe from this guy. Oh my but... god, is he is he like the um the guy with the silly hat? He's Doctor Doctor Robin Hatcher. He's Doctor Robin Hatcher in Hot Fuzz. Oh my gosh! I brought you into this world. I can take you out of it. Yeah, that guy. Oh wow! He was in Anna Karenina uh, on TV. <laughs> he's done a lot of things. Uh, it's, it's just one of those guys, another one, just a working actor, working, working, working forever. Well, I can't um, wait to get Scott Corelli on the show. 
And yeah, right. There we go. There's our crossover with Cornetto Minute. Um, Rachel, tell me about his outfit. Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I know a lot about women's fashion of this time period. Men's fashion is kind of a black hole for me. I know he wouldn't have a mullet. Um, <laughs> and he has really nice veneers for 1603. Like his teeth are absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um, I think he would not have, English teeth. No, I think he would have had one of those rough colors. Like that was very popular at the time. Those kind of yeah. Is he rocking a zipper? White things that keep you from licking the stitches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think he's his pants are probably inaccurate from what I've seen. Uh, they had like poofy pantaloon type things and and hose and boots. So whoa, you can't say that on this show. What? Hose, <laughs> boots and hose, poofy <laughs> pantaloons. So you're, saying, so you're saying he wouldn't have been featured in the Big Book of British Smiles? No, no, no he you guys must be studying the uh, Bridge Book of Ninja Fighting. So no, I, I, I you would have to find someone who specializes in men's fashion, but I think it's probably inaccurate. Again, I'm probably. I'm not giving this movie probably. any credit for accuracy. But he's also kind he's also like sort of a pirate too. So yeah. like yeah. like those well, guys kind of wore a lot of borrowed clothing. Yeah. To be fair, every Englishman on the high seas around that time was kind of a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> every one of them. Yeah. Here's your letters of Mark. Go do what you want, just don't kill our people. Yeah. And yeah. his hat looks a little too modern. Based yeah. on dashing what I've hat, seen. though. It's a um, dashing hat. As we're continuing through this minute, I want to talk about the thing that the emperor says to his, uh, we can assume, son, Kenshin. Not he says, who, who, Lord Norinaga, whoever he is, right? There you go. He's a uh, he's, he's disappointed in Kenshin. He's disappointed in Kenshin for leaving the castle the only clue we get is Kenshin says something about this unjust war. So is Kenshin like rebelling against his father? Is this just a whole teenage rebellion thing? Yeah, something like that. Presumably Kenshin was going out to meet uh, what's her face in the forest with the bow who didn't help him. We don't know her um, yet. Yeah, it's probably yeah. a Romeo and Juliet situation. You know, we'll find out later in the movie, I guess. Or he got a uh, D in social studies. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he failed math. No. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. I just I've always unjust war, and then <laughs> I guess there's a lot in this movie that when you watch it as a kid, you don't necessarily get some of the the story details, and I'm trying to fill those in now. So if if it turns out that this is a son rebelling against a father kind of story, uh, I'm I'm curious to key in on that a little bit more, being that we are talking about teenage turtles, right? Oh, is, is and this now Danny. Is it Danny? Exactly. Oh, is this man. is this Danny? Is he the Danny of Turtles 3? It's Ken now, Dad. <laughs> Anytime he gets mad at me, he just slices someone's head off with that thing. Where did he even get that he just, thing? He just cuts his own ears off. Mm. Now. Uh, I have to walk him to sword practice every day just to make sure he goes. <laughs> Kenshin, okay. Kenshin, get back in the palanquin. <laughs> I make more than enough money for the both of us. Why are you stealing? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's great. I love it. Um as as we wrap up, Walker comes in, he fires a bullet. Uh oh, it sort god. of scares everyone. It hits one of those big bell things. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Um 
guns are a relatively new thing. That's what I took away from this movie when I was a kid is that guns are sort of in the at least the Far East, not very uh, common. Yes, no. True, false. Uh, no, uh, they they weren't um, before uh, this time. Like uh, the the uh, as I said, this is the beginning of the Edo period, sixteen oh three. Lord Tokugawa uh, would have had he had firearms. He had firearms as part of his army. That's part of the reason he won and was able to unite all the all the kingdoms. And after they united uh, all of the all of the the fiefs and uh, join them under the shogunate, then guns were driven out so that it would be hard to rebel uh, against the samurai. Gotcha. Um, so at this time, they wouldn't be that impressed to be like, oh, you have a gun, good for you. Um, but the part that, I mean, like the thing that drives me nuts is like this guy like comes through the gate and like none of the guards that are standing there does anything. And then his pack of like a couple dozen like, rugged English spirity types that are all unwashed and, and nasty, like bring his guards in. And they're like, we, yeah, we took out your sentries. Aren't we, are we badasses, buddy? No, like, <laughs> that would not happen. That's nonsense. I'm also oh, a little bit disappointed nonsense. that the one frumpy fat guy is not William Hookins. Yeah, I guess. Is who is William Hootkins? Refresh my memory. Porkins. 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 <laughs> See, I wanted him to be uh, the the Friar Tuck from the Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie. That's yes. what I always equate or, him to. Or Bob Hoskins. Here's your forty pieces uh, of from Hook. On your way to hell. <laughs> I, I want it. I want it to be Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Ooh, I want to yeah. do a quick shmi type. A yeah. quick screen share with you guys because I also think there's a secret cameo in this scene. Um, about thirty four seconds into minute nine. And uh, I just want to point out that Jim Henson's apparently in this scene behind <laughs> Nile also. That does look yeah. just like Jim Henson. It's yeah. a very Jim Henson yeah, looking fellow. Yeah, but that would be from Beyond the... All right. Yeah, I mean, it would be from Beyond the Grave, mullets, but... I'm noticing. But it's 1993. Yeah. yeah, but it's supposed to be 1603. Well, these fashions come back around, Rachel. I guess. It's yeah, I mean, cyclical. like, these guys have hockey practice right after, yeah. right I mean, after being <laughs> on set. I yeah, keep and, that. And it kind of like in '93, like you know the early '90s. So this was a couple of years after like the Kevin Costner movie, and like there was another Three Musketeers. Yeah. And so the the sort of presentation of period piece stuff had entered like sort of an because uh, like the fashion of how movies depict um, like those period pieces like changes over time. Like it's kind of funny. Like the 1970s Three Musketeers movie with uh, Michael York and Charlton Heston. Um, like all the musketeers have like very seventies hair. Right. Like yeah. there's some like good outfits and like very colorful and like great use of cloth and the costumes. But like, you know, you look at their faces and like you were from 1977. <laughs> Don't try yeah. to tell us you're not. Yeah. No, it's a very nineties looking 1603. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and Rachel, to your point of the clean teeth, these guys have awful teeth. They are yeah. not yeah. well kept. Um, so clearly, I mean, in, in reality, they all should have awful teeth. But I guess Walker, because he's air quotes the star, he gets to have nice teeth. <laughs> well, he probably bought his teeth. Yeah. That's true. I mean, you know, as as a as a pirate captain gentleman uh, with his letters of mark from the queen, I, I'm sure he, uh, he 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 paid somebody for some nice clean ones. Um, They're all just individually carved pearls that are yes. shoved into his gums. <laughs> and spring loaded like have you ever seen uh pictures of george washington's dentures yeah they're yeah. horrifying like yeah. that guy must have been in pain constantly i think he was yeah yeah there's some music there's a, a hard time Oops, also they weren't made of wood they were slave no they were teeth. not yeah oh that's even worse yeah pretty effed yeah. up 
It was apparently a very common practice uh, for like the lower class, for slaves and, and peons and peasants, like going back thousands of years to, to sell their, you know, if they had a good tooth, it's like, man, I sure could use a silver piece. Hey, rich guy, would you like one of my teeth? That's a whole scene in Les Mis where Fantine sells one of her teeth. Oh, yeah. Oh, and in uh, Cloud Atlas. Yeah. All right. Um, gross. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Teeth are gross. I, I can't even <laughs> pretend to segue this. There's a music uh, cue thing that happens. We get we had some of the Tycho drums earlier in the, the first batch of minutes. But in this one, there's a very nine inch nails sounding percussion <laughs> thing happening right now that I am absolutely in love with. Like John Dupre's music <laughs> is sort of famous for having these sampled or synthesized drum sounds and up and you know the first two turtles movies it's all been very like poppy you know synth poppy new wavy kind of stuff this is like clearly grunge is happening clearly trent reznor is in the world in 1993 and john dupre is like i want that sound (laughs) um i just i really like it and i'm excited because i haven't really listened to the score for this movie that terribly closely um so i will be paying attention but just thought that was worth noting uh, we sort of wrap up minute nine with Kenshin being told to go to his room. <laughs> and then after he, dad, like very publicly drew his sword on him. It's like, what are you going to do, buddy? What yeah. are you going to do to your own kid? All right. No Nintendo for a month. <laughs> oh. Also, I'm cutting off your ear. Let's see. When did, oh no. Yeah. Nintendo was founded in the 19th century. Yes. Okay. Not the 16th, 1600s. No. no. Um, but, but it's an old company. It is yeah, an old company. That's true. It goes um, pretty far Wasn't back. it like a, card game company yeah. yeah yeah i have a set of those cards somewhere awesome. impressive um, not from the 1800s no, yeah, right. it, was, yeah. it was like a club nintendo thing you used to earn points for buying games and you could exchange them for things like pepsi and points. one of them was the the hanafura cards nice oh, that's cool um and then kenshin beheads a bunch of bunch of torches <laughs> tiki torches yeah um <laughs> on his way to his room where he's going to write the world's greatest breakup song. <laughs> very, very irresponsible. Like that just, that, that was, well, it's a stone a floor. Child. Nothing's going to catch on fire there. What I suppose. a child. Yeah. He's definitely angsty. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to see that all in all this batch of minutes, right. And then from, sorry, I was just going to say it sort of to wrap it up um, from one to nine, not a ton of cheese in the film, aside from maybe the turtle introductions. This this particular three today uh, is is kind of just pretty normal. There's not a lot of like cringe worthy stuff happening yet. I would say. I mean, it's still early. Oh. <laughs> okay, aside from some of the hayas and sound effects. I well, suppose. no, uh, Kuso, like when he when he cho- after he chops off the the torches, like his dad says Kuso, which is like one of the few Japanese epithets. It's like shit. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Yeah. Does right. that count as a swear jar? Yeah. Oh, Chris, that's a swear jar for you, buddy. Actually, it's two. I didn't mention it earlier, but you did say another one earlier. So that's wow. two in the swear jar now. All right. Oh, no, listeners. I'm a failure. That, all right. that, that'll all go towards uh, Scott's um, NECA collection fund. Thank you. I appreciate it, Chris. You are funding my girlfriend's hatred of me. <laughs> yeah, Scott, um, you'll be able to find it when you go back and edit for the actual timestamp. I thank don't you. remember yeah, when it was. True. That's fine. I did Any make final, a note of it. Any final thoughts for uh, minutes seven through nine or for the entire week in general? I'm still awake. Yeah. Yeah. We're still yeah. here. That's good, right? No one's bailed on this yet. If anyone's going to yeah. bail on a season of Ninja Turtles Minute, it's going to be this one, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
But we, I maintain. We, no, stick with us, guys. Stick with us. We please. understand. I maintain it might not be as bad as you remember it. You're wrong, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you're entitled but to your wrong this opinion. This podcast. All of us talking is as good as it ever was. Yeah. It's going to make the movie. You know how like Dave Filoni has made the Star Wars prequels better by making better Star Wars after that? Mm. We're going to do the same thing to Turtles 3. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to make that movie better just by talking are we, are about we, is it. This, like is this the Mandalorian our, of Ninja Turtles? Yeah, is yeah. this our Mandalorian? <laughs> we are the Mandalorian. This is the way. All right. So, friends, make sure you follow us at TMNT Minute on Twitter, on Instagram. Make sure you're heading to duelinggenre.com. Make sure you become a Patreon of duelinggenre.com. You want to do this because there's going to be some really, really, really great stuff happening with the Dueling Genre Network in 2021. I'm talking brand new, super exciting uh, bonus content out the yin yang, brand new shows. You want to be involved. So, head over to duelinggenre.com and become a Patreon as well make sure you're listening to adam on tales from the short box over on the dueling genre network and like i said the rest of us will be doing other stuff too but mostly keep on turning tuning in to teenage mutant ninja turtles minute for the crew here super heterodyne we're gonna go start our new band now for the crew here at tmnt minute three by three i am scott that is chris adam and rachel and we will see you guys next week with very special guest kevin de cristofano yay bye everybody bye bye bye